Atlanta. What's up? And all those around Atlanta. Who else is around Atlanta? I'm talking the whole Atlanta metro. So we're talking Decatur, Sandy Springs, Peachtree, Alpharetta. And honestly, for what we're about to talk about, I think I'm going to go ahead and include the Carolinas, Nashville, Crooked Letter, Crooked Letter, and our <laughs> friends in Florida. And that's a lot of folks. <laughs> We're talking to everybody over there. Get ready for an unforgettable experience that celebrates Black love and unity. That's right. Mark your calendars for Saturday, October 21st from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. for Black Love Inc.'s highly anticipated annual event, the Black Love Summit. Now, this is the sixth year, and this summit is all about fostering love, growth, community within the Black community. And let me tell you, this year's lineup of high-profile talent, signature panels, and captivating conversations is going to blow your mind. Absolutely. Hosted by the creators of Black Love docuseries and our friends, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, this summit brings together renowned couples from the show and talented individuals from the extended Black Love family. It's a day filled with candid and honest discussions about love, partnership, wellness, and building thriving communities. You won't want to miss this transformative event, so grab your tickets now for the Black Love Summit. Head on over to blacklove.com slash summit to get your tickets now. Join Black Love for an empowering day of connection and celebration. Go to blacklove.com slash summit to secure your spot today. See you there. It can be a dark world sometimes. Don't be afraid to be a source of light. It can be a dark world sometimes. But don't be afraid to be a source of light. Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? I feel good. How are you feeling? I'm a little sleepy, if I'll, I'm honest, but I'm good. How are you? Feeling? I like that you. I like that you found good. Um, <laughs> it's a general statement, but yeah, I'm feeling hopeful. Oh, okay, hopeful. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it's grown by the day. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia, and most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yeah. Hey. What affirmation you got for us? Why you rubbing my knee? You know I'm gonna rub that. Knee. <laughs> Over here, massaging my knee. I want to read from your book today, Fee. Okay. That's a soul affirmation, a toolkit for mothers who are investigating grief's process. Mm -hmm. And before I read this affirmation, I just want to say that like one of my favorite things about Fee is that she can say a lot without having to say a lot. Really? Yeah. It is the, it is the space in between your words that give your words such value. What? Wow. I want you to know that that deeply touches me and it deeply touches me because of who I think I get it from. Come on. Come on, somebody. So I want to share words from you. And this is one of my favorite affirmations to take into male spaces. Hmm. Okay. When we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love. Now, this comes from a toolkit for mothers who are investigating grief's process. But it's in the it's the investigation that is the principle. And I want to read this again. When we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love. This is a bar. I feel like we always pick that affirmation out of my book. Because <laughs> it go it, it go. And but I also want to say that I like the openness on this one. There are so many good affirmations in this book for which you just have to be prepared to do the work. Right. 
they're not simple and easy layups. Okay. They're slam dunks. Okay. But you got to <laughs> jump. And I love that your words take us there. Thank you. I'm reminded of your words and the space in between them because it's been a recent piece that has gone up online and it came from a soundbite from a panel that we were on. And what's crazy is I just want to say you, you never know where the soundbite is. So like, hold that thought when we speak at events and we're just speaking with like an open heart, at least I'm not. And Felicia's not, we're not thinking about sound bites. I'm definitely not thinking Hell about no. sound it's, bites. It's, it's a true feeling, a whole thought. But you just, I'm always fascinated how these things like show up. It's right? like we know, but we're not thinking about it, right? Because you sign a whole contract <laughs> like that you're going to be speaking and people are going to be seeing your words, but, or hearing your words, seeing and hearing them now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that. But I guess it's like, it's also similar to, the creative process in the studio, right? When you're writing a song and recording the song, you may not know, oh, that this piece right here is actually the fire part and we're going to rearrange this song and we're going to put this part here, mm. right? And we're going to compose this song in a way that is very like memorable and digestible. But when you go in there to just record, you're getting the ideas out and then you might later produce them and organize them, Yeah, right? So that's what the yeah. sound bites are, right? The production the organized sound structure. But you said something so profound that the the world similarly agrees to how I feel. But it was about your reframe in gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe it was about you realizing in a moment with Kamali. Yeah. Yeah, you you can tell us better than I can. No, I I appreciate hearing it from you um, and how you experienced it. Lateris had asked us a question Actually, he had asked me a very specific question about overcoming obstacles. And Mm -hmm. I started off my answer about like not liking the um, the word overcoming initially. And I don't have any like disdain for it now. I recognize that uh, we are all doing our best to communicate and experience a concept feeling. So I just take it now and name it for myself but in that particular experience with grief and its intersection with faith it was a major wrestling for me i remember we've talked about this on the podcast before where pastor mike came into the hospital and said in front of everybody that was there my room was full that god is not intimidated by her questions And it gave me room to like keep asking what I was already asking internally. And now I can say it out loud to him. And now, however I feel about it, I can actually feel about it. And that was so incredibly important to me in my journey, because in the early onset of grief, I was trying to find where what had happened to me met God. And as I was exploring that in the early onset with all of my feelings and emotions and questions and prayers, I came up to the summation that God was not listening to me. And that's just what I was experiencing. And I now can name that as like, I was, that was a sincere, it was a wrestling. 
I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you at all. I just, and I don't want anybody to experience what you experienced. And I make no light of you feeling like God isn't listening because that is Abba and what you expect to be there all the time. But I just had this really, hopefully you don't find offense. I had this funny moment where it feels like Kamali, we feel like we're not listening to her, but we are. <laughs> right? But we, we are listening to her. That's but exactly what's happening. Listen, we're listening, Kamali. I'm, li- I'm livid. I'm listening. Kamali, I'm really listening. <laughs> But she's like, no, you're not you're because not. you're not doing you're it. You're not doing what I'm asking you to do. And I've said it over and over and over and over again. Hey, I like that example. I see a lot of myself in Kamali. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I see a lot of myself in you and anybody else who's ever had a question for God and didn't get an answer. You must not be hearing me because you're not doing anything. Yeah. But, and, and, and here's the thing. Like when you have a relationship, however you um, conceptualize it. The way that I understood God is like, nah, 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 you, you answer my prayers. I know you answer my prayers. <laughs> Ain't no way. because I've been doing this a long time, but not just that. Let me be very clear. I have evidence of God answering a prayer that people would seem like impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I, is true. I'm not making this up. This is true. I this kept my true. faith. This is true. And this, I think we talked about this on the podcast. I'm sure we did. Or we may not have yet because at the time we started, I was still wrestling in my grief. But I have evidence in my lived experience of God coming through for me on something that was absolutely impossible. Mm. So I have this and then I have like, OK, so this might be impossible, but I know you can do it. So I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to keep asking you and I'm not seeing any return on what I'm asking. So now I'm wrestling and I mean like wrestling with God and the wrestling is reminiscent to me. I don't even remember the chapter. Was it Jacob where he was wrestling an angel? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's a chapter in the Bible. I remember reading this. Yo, he was fighting him. They were wrestling. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I understand what this is. This is what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having I'm having a fight. And I was not afraid to do it. You were not. I was not afraid to fight because honestly, I just kind of felt like to not fight for what it was that I was feeling or how I was feeling to ignore what I was feeling for this idea that there would be joy at a later time without actually like seeing it in the forefront, like being able to like put it together. I think doing that is crazy. That's just me. When I say crazy, I mean like it does not make any sense in my cognitive processing, the pathway of my processing, processing. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And I, I refuse to not be well. I felt like if I were to act like something different, then I wasn't well. That's me personally. I think you get to define it as crazy because that would be crazy for you. It would be crazy for me. But yeah. since so many people have different processes, yeah, you never know where they position a faith and have to double back and then learn it, right? But they, they say it or they stick with it. I've seen so many different responses in this in, in grief. And it's so just like many I different, res- especially around neonatal loss, I see a lot of different responses. I read them. Some yeah. Some mothers they have a totally they cling, right? Like I know my mother is like that. When she's going through something hard, she clings to her faith. It doesn't have to make sense. And for some people that will work 
and because of the evidence of their lived experience, right? And because of the evidence of my lived experience and it not happening the way that I wanted it to, it just, it did not work for me. I decided, okay, I'm a wrestle. And I was okay with that. And I remember like the last prayer that I wrote in my wrestling and that was it. And it wasn't like, okay, I'm not going to ask God anymore because I believe he's going to come through. I was just like, all right, I'm done with it. And, um, I decided that, okay, there's something that I'm not understanding about God. Like I don't have a true understanding. There's, there's more that, that I need to learn. Um, so I think I was open in that sense Mm -hmm. and what I was doing and what I'm saying, like the action that I took cognitively was that I am making room for something else. And what it was, what it used to be is not that anymore for me. And I was okay with that. Atlanta, save the date on October 21st, 2023. Love will take center stage at the Black Love Summit. Join Black Love for a day filled with music, heartfelt conversation, and so much fun for Black singles and couples alike. We're celebrating six incredible years of love, unity, and growth within the Black community. And this year, the summit is going to be even more extraordinary with a lineup of special guests, thought-provoking panels, and genuine discussions that matter. Hosted by the visionaries behind the Black Love docuseries, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, this event brings together renowned couples from the show and talented members of the extended Black Love family. Together, we'll dive deep into candid and honest conversations about what it takes to build lasting love and create thriving community. And you know what? One of my favorite memories at the Black Love Summit was 2021 when we had a conversation with Cody about loving more abundantly. Oh, that was a special one. So you won't find an experience like this anywhere else. So do not wait. Go to blacklove.com slash summit to secure your spot now for the Black Love Summit. Let's come together, connect, empower, and celebrate Black Love. Make sure you go to blacklove.com slash summit and get your tickets today. I think we should always be like seeking to know more about God, however we, you define, like don't stop being curious, right? Don't stop seeking. Don't stop wanting to know more about that relationship. So big ups to you on that. But there's, there's a part particularly fee that, um, I just like that you name that because it, it, for me, it really opens up who I am as a believer. What I know is this relationship is ever expansive and I learn more about God's regard for me each day, even in my questions. Right. And I learn more about my power and authority and who I'm created to be each day, even in my questions. But what you're hearing is like the, the larger thinking, the larger construct of what Felicia was talking about on that soundbite. And this is who I know. This is what I know the process is. But, you were naming a portion, right, Fee, oh, where yeah. you were talking about when you were in the room with 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 Kamali. Kamali. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm trying to like say it as succinctly and clearly as I can to honor my story and honor the truth of my experiences. What I shared was this moment where I found myself coming back to God, right? And what I mean is like. Prior to this moment, I was not praying. I was not talking. I was not um, having any sort of intimate practice or relationship with the creator 
or the higher, uh, the highest power in any way. And I'm sitting in the room with Kamali at 3 a.m. after a nursing session, and we're in the rocking chair. And in Kamali and Kamayu's room, I say I say that because it was Kamayu's room first. It was prepared for her. And when we prepared for Kamali, I still made sure that everything in the room was for both of them. So we have the Kamayu corner and then we have pictures in the room. And directly across from the rocking chair where I'm holding Kamali is a picture of me holding Kamayu. So I'm going back and forth and it's 3 a.m., right? And I'm tired, but I'm grateful that I'm tired because I know what it is like to not have this experience after having a child. And so I'm finding myself in this abundance of gratitude. And how can you not thank the creator for for allowing this experience, right? In that moment, I realized like, wow, I am so incredibly grateful for Kamali. And I look up and I saw a picture of Kamayu, me holding her. And this moment still very much touches me. I was telling Riga the other day as it's moving, like it's still touching me. I look at Kamayu and I realized I never thank God for you. Mm. And it's not like the experience, but it's the, it's the gratitude that I even got to experience that love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I told Riga the other day, like I remember anticipating the motherhood journey when I was pregnant with Kamayu and wanting to understand like that feeling of love between a mother and child. The indescribable feeling. The indescribable one. There is this feeling that is, it rests in your body, it's in your core, and it impacts everything that you do, your choices. Like it, It's indescribable. And I remember looking forward to having that feeling, and I thought that I would have the feeling in a way um, that looked like me holding Kamayu in my arms, like with with tears of joy. Now my tears were different, but I realized like, oh man, I do have this feeling of joy for her. Mm-hmm. Now I have this feeling of joy. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it took time for me to realize that it took two years for me to understand that I am, I, I do get to experience this motherly love with Kamayu like I do with Kamali. And it's just different. It's it? just different. It's just different. But when I realized that I hadn't, I'm thanking God for Kamali, but I didn't thank God for Kamayu, I realized like, aha, okay. Well, thank you for her too. <laughs> it was that moment. It wasn't like a prayer. It was, it was intimacy. Mm-hmm. 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 And the journey, I'm still working on it. Right. But. I understand. I I understood God differently that day than I had prior. It reminds me of the, uh, I think it's an old commission song, right? Which one? It's uh, my older brothers used to play this, oh, and this gosh. is crazy because they were running back to you. Running back to you. <laughs> I knew right? you was about to say that. Standing there for me, we're, we're afraid. Your arms are open wide, right? 
return me to your garden time. So it's not even about this idea of running back to God, but I will say this. Thank you is such a rich form of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like even if you don't know how to pray. Right. Saying thank you is a great place to start. But in some context of knowing God and God can do the impossible, why not ask? Right? Like, and then and then you have like parts of the Bible where it's talking about, but when you when you ask, you can't ask with doubt, right? Because then you'll be double minded. Okay. But like all I have is evidence in me of the impossible, but I have to not ask with doubt. So I can understand the conviction that we have when we ask, we really mean it. And we know that you can really do it. But I also know that like intimacy isn't just a relationship of asks, right? It includes gratitude and appreciation, right? But I also was thinking as I'm hearing you talk about the indescribable love that you have for Kamayu and Kamali. And if we can't describe the love between mother and child, I wonder why so many folks have tried to describe God. That. <laughs> no, for real. Like, just try to describe, period. Not just your love for us, but you try to describe his anger. You try to describe his love. You try to describe all of these things. I just don't think you have the capability of describing because we still can't describe the love of a mother to a child, much less Abba to children. Like, come on, yeah, Slim. Yeah, just even language. So I, that's why I think it just, re- it deserves like to keep going, right? To keep, just to keep going because I can't use anybody else's language for myself. I have to find the honest tone. And this is what I also love about like this podcast affords us an opportunity to do this type of listening to each other and co-discover new language and new pathways. And like nothing is final. It's always a work in progress. Right. Mm hmm. But we have this in our home. We have this identity, a part of our relationship. Not every relationship has time to listen like this. Right. Not every relationship has a podcast or has therapy or have all these things. And this is why I really appreciate the spaces that are created and co-created for couples and families to co-discover. It's really about these spaces, y'all. I have a deep appreciation for what Black love has done and the space of co-investigation is created and and not just the show and the podcast but the activations right the the black love summit black love honors there's so many uh the and i just think all these spaces are critically important and all the unnamed spaces that are doing it in their community at a local level mm-hmm. right they may not be flying in talent from different states and different parts of the city or different parts of the country, but you're still doing it. And all I'm saying is it's incredibly valuable that we have co-discovery spaces where it's not based on our perfection of communication, but actually based on like workshopping the idea, workshopping the, the feeling until it refines something clear. And sometimes the only way to really refine it is to say it out loud to another person Mm. who may be having a similar experience but has not been able to name it either. But when we get to workshop in that feeling we're both having, we might find some agreeable language, right? Because that's all language is. It's agreed upon constructs. Mm -hmm. That's why each industry has its own set of language. 
right? That's why in the in, in the doctor's office, you don't know what none of them damn abbreviations stand for. Because <laughs> you can take the same three letters in one industry and those same three letters mean an entirely different thing in another industry. The abbreviations change. The jargon changes, right? The colloquialisms change. So if language can shift that much across like specialized study or interest, imagine across lived experience. Imagine across I wasn't able to process or say those things out loud. But when we come in spaces together, we can workshop it and find our own language. And when we can name the thing, we can begin to lift the thing. You know what I mean? So I'm incredibly grateful to be able to, to go inward, to be in community and still go inward. It isn't all based on uh, outward expression or how well you say it. It's just the work of attempting to say it and the deep listening to one another that creates it. I want to close with the affirmation again, if that's cool, because it says when we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. If y'all love this episode, man, put it on. Put a neighbor on to it. Send it out. Great review. Tap in with us. Bye. From our family to yours, may we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace.